Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. And welcome to First Strike, First Look here on a Tuesday on VEASAN. I'm your host, Dave Ross. A pleasure to be joined once again on this Tuesday by Lou Finacaro. You can follow Lou as I do at Gamblu. And also, you got to check out the Bout Business podcast that Lou puts out each and every Friday. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the program here, Lou. But I do want to talk to you about this card because it is a damn good one as we get ready uh, for a big-time card on Saturday. Highlighted and headlined by the return of who I think we still consider the GOAT in women's MMA. That would be Amanda Nunez. She tries to regain her strap at 135 pounds from the woman that took it from her, the Venezuelan vixen herself, Juliana Pena. And Lou, when I look at the numbers here, and I think what we try to do on first strike first look before we get to first strike on Friday is be anticipatory of the lines and where we think they might move. Uh, so before you tell me which side you may lean to here, Lou, when you look at the number here of Amanda Nunes minus 275, do you think that that's accurately priced? And which way do you think that line might move come Friday? Well, we know that the first fight, Amanda Nunes was priced 850 or 900 and closed higher than that. And so this represents a drastic or at least a considerable uh, snap back to reality where Nunez now becomes much more attractive than she was then. And Pena, still a dog, less attractive, obviously, than the plus six or 700. We, what did we learn? Uh, and, and how is it going to be applied in this fight? Those are the questions. Uh, but I'm intrigued uh, by both. And I will say this. I've always regarded Valentina Shevchenko above Amanda Nunez in not only the pound-for-pound pound rankings, but the women's rankings, because it was Shevchenko, a natural 125er, that had to go fight Nunez to a split mm -hmm. decision at Nunez's 135-pound weight division. Now, Amanda can't get down to 25, so we'll never know, but Shevchenko continues to win and take meticulous care of her legacy. And Amanda slipped, let her slip through the cracks in the last fight. Has she done enough to react this time? And Lou, I think that's fair because if you remember those first two fights that you and I both know well, I was at the first time they fought at UFC 196. That was Valentina Shevchenko's uh, indoctrination, if you will, into the UFC in a three-round fight, uh, which she dominated the back end of that fight after Amanda Nunes won big in that first and maybe first uh, round and a half before Shevchenko switched the tide. And then that second fight, as you mentioned, very, very close. So I get that argument. 
But what about the argument here that Nunez was coming off COVID the first time she fought against Pena and now maybe is refocused? But you know how this goes. Rematches normally go the way of the first fight. Do you think it'll be different stylistically? I look at the total here, Lou, for a five-round potential championship bout here. It's two and a half rounds, and it's juiced evenly, minus $1.15 either way to the over or the under. Does Amanda come out fast like she did? She dominated that first round against Pena, but then once Pena got it back up to her feet, it was a whole different story. What style of fight do you think we see this time around? What kind of conditioning does Amanda come with? Listen, you said it yourself. In that first Shevchenko fight, that's seven years ago, she ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. It's Amanda's. It's Amanda's template to go out there and firestorm people, and and most can't withstand it. Shevchenko did, and the tables were turning in both fights, and Pena absolutely did it, and Amanda ran out of gas and ran out, ran out of will. And so with Amanda, uh, there's a couple things to consider. Where is she? She's a new parent. She has a child at home. That's a distraction. As well, she started a new gym and moved away from AT&T. Are, are you kidding me? Uh, th- this is th- this doesn't spell or smell very good to me for Amanda. Meanwhile, when I see the Pena side, I see focus and a gal that isn't done with her journey. And so you can kind of feel where I'm leaning. Yeah, totally. And again, I, I think also, you know, like last week, you and I talked on Tuesday before the big fight card at UFC London, and we were both kind of on the side of Curtis Blades. Now that main event you know, nobody wants it to end the way it did, but we were telling people then on a Tuesday, if you like Curtis Blades, wait, because that money will come in on Aspinall. That happened last week. How do you think the money will come in if you had to wager a, a lean? Do you think it comes in on the Lioness? Do you think more people are, are back on Pena in, round, in uh, go around number two? I don't think they're going to let it move too much from here. And I would think that there's going to be some wise guys maybe chasing Amanda. I'm not really sure. Uh, Most of the early line movers were in other fights on this card, and I don't anticipate this one moving that much. All right, well, let's talk about the co-main and, and what a fight this could be in another rematch because Kai Kara France is going to get another shot at Brandon Moreno at 125 pounds. Now, it didn't go well for Kai Kara the first time around. Now, potentially a five-round bout here. Uh, you know, I'm looking at it, Moreno over a $2 favorite. You can understand why. But Kara France, to me, is really intriguing in this one, Lou, with the power that obviously he brings at this weight class. I guess the question would be, can he catch Brandon Moreno in a guy who likes to have firefights, but I don't know if he wants to get in another one with Kai Kara France. How do you see this fight going? Yeah, another rematch, and this is going to be an awesome fight. The first fight was a great fight, too. That fight, Kai Kara France, minus 160. So things have turned a little based on, I think, Moreno's pedigree against Figueredo as well, the fact that he's been champion and all that comes with it. I see this as a really close fight. I don't know that Kaikara's France's uh, power is going to do anything to Moreno. In fact, it won't. Moreno just got through with Figueredo's power, and that dude's <laughs> a 145-er for crying out loud. So 
I don't think that it's going to be Kai Kara France's power that's that's going to potentially expose Moreno. It's his speed. Let's remember, mm. Moreno, bigger, longer guy, and he's had three straight fights with Figueredo. Again, not the quickest guy, but durable and powerful. And so I think that the speed of Kai Kara France could be the uh, what dictates this fight. And to be quite honest with you, in any other situation, I'd be maybe a little more voracious on his side or a little bit sturdier a supporter. But this fight is in Texas, and Moreno's a Hispanic Mexican fighter, and I'm not certain that Kai Cara France can get an even shake in a close fight in Texas. Well, and again, that's that's the elephant in the room, Lou, that we've talked a lot about with judging and scoring. When you look at the total rounds here, it's juiced heavily over four and a half rounds at minus $1.60, which leads us to a potential decision. And whenever it goes to the cards, I think it's very smart and astute on your point uh, to, to look at where the fight's being held and how the judges might be affected by that crowd. So when you see that at being juiced that heavily, do you anticipate that it would go to the cards and maybe that's a better way to play the fight if you don't think Kai Kara France might get a good shake with those cards? Yeah, I, I think it, I, I, it would be an over bet. I, I, I'm hard pressed to bet Kara France, the underdog, in a fight that's lined heavily to the over four and a half from this first fight was two and a half. Of course, it was a three round fight, but it's lined heavily to the over. These guys are flyweights in a big cage. It's two flies in a mason jar. <laughs> things go into decision. And so I, I, it's hard for me to bet this fight with the distrust that I have of where this fight is and the fact that Moreno's going to have the whole place pulling for him. Well, speaking of having the whole place pulling for him, you know everybody deep in the heart of Texas is going to be rooting for the Black Beast and Derek Lewis in his fight with Sergey Pavlovich here. But the Beast is a slight dog, plus $1.05 as we talk on a Tuesday. I have to imagine that the money might come in on the Beast, as popular as he is down there. Is that Would that be money well spent on a steam move there for Lewis, or do you think Pavlovich is the rightful favorite here? Well, actually, this one started uh, four to two, three days ago with the Beast as the favorite, and the early uh, chalk chasers took Pavlovich from dog to chalk. And so Pavlovich, which was plus 110, plus 115, is now the minus 125, 130. And so as I looked at that, uh, I kind of agreed with it to an extent. We haven't seen a lot of Pavlovich, but he's a Russian vice grip, and really, Derek, uh, Lewis is a one-trick pony, a big right hand or nothing. And so I see and agree with that line move going that way. Uh, does money come back on the beast? I, I, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if I want to invest in a guy so limited in capacity against a well-rounded guy, even though we haven't seen him in a while. And, you know, I look at the total rounds here in that three-round potential fight here, and you can get plus money right now if you think it's going to last longer than a round and a half. And that just shows you the respect, obviously, the punching power of Derek Lewis. It just takes one. But also, he can be finished relatively quickly. Do you have a lean on the total here? Do you think it goes deeper into the Texas night, or will this be a quick night like the books are anticipating? Uh, uh, you know, that's uh, that's interesting. I haven't gotten that far and don't have okay. anything valuable to add there, but I lean to the Russian. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about Alexander Pantoja against Alex Perez. This should be uh, a very intriguing fight here. When you look at Pantoja, a slight favorite here, about minus $1.65. I'm seeing Perez in the comeback about plus $1.40. Uh, any early uh, line moves here that might have caught your eye here on a Tuesday, or do you think the favorite, again, is rightfully priced? 
Uh, no, this is a good fight. Pantoja has a little more name recognition than than people know, and he's a heck of a fighter. Uh, Perez, we last saw a couple of years ago, he's had like four or five fights canceled and mm-hmm. postponed and whatnot, uh, and he got dominated by Figueredo, but he's a better fighter than that. I think this is a, a pretty closely lined, accurately priced fight. Uh, you know, I look at the Lionheart, the return of Anthony Smith here. He is a huge underdog against Mohamed Ankalaev here. Ankalaev, you got to lay almost $5. The comeback in the Lionheart, about plus 380. Uh, it's a big number for a guy that's got pedigree like Anthony Smith, but do you think this is um, maybe the better days behind Anthony Smith, or how do you how do you look at this uh, and approach this fight? Yeah, I think Anthony Smith is PO'd and disrespected, and I think he's live as he can be, and I'm going to keep keep quiet about it all week and wait <laughs> and strike at the last possible minute. Uh, I think Anthony Smith is can be more than competitive in this fight. I'm picking up what you're putting down there, Lou. I, I see Jakar close on this uh, fight card. Drew Dober's back. Alex Morono as well. Hey, Rafael Alves is back in, in that against Dover should be a pretty competitive fight. Is there any other fight on the fight card right here on a Tuesday that you really like a number now that you might want to grab instead of waiting till Friday? Uh, I'll just give a tip on Drakkar Close. This is a contract fight for him, and he's mm-hmm. really, really motivated. Here's a guy that had Dariush wobbled before he walked into one, and and he was about to get Ferreira, a top 15 guy. So if he looks good here, he rolls into a new contract, and then he rolls up to 155 in the top 15 where there are no slouches. So I look for a really spectacular display out of him this week. Uh, very quickly, the Bout Business Podcast. Obviously, you're going to see Lou and I back here on First Strike on VEASAN, but tell the people what they get when they tune in each week to the Bout Business Podcast. Yeah, after the weigh-ins, I compile my list of three to six fight releases. Uh, I submit those on a podcast that runs 16, 17 minutes. It's quick, it's easy, and mostly painless. Uh, The last two (laughs) weeks have also been profitable, so I appreciate you mentioning it, Dave, and I also appreciate you having me on uh, to discuss the fights early in the week. I can't wait. Since you're so good at the weigh-ins, Lou, do you want to disclose to the people what you weigh in now? Where would you be fighting right now if you had to get inside that octagon? Well, I'd have to have a few months and try and uh, <laughs> put the weight at uh, at a spot that I would only miss by 10 pounds. So that'd have to be light <laughs> heavyweight. Uh, right, right now, I don't want them in the cage, but they don't want me at the table. Yeah, absolutely. I always look at it too, Lou, and I'm just amazed when you see these men and women make the weights they do. I'm walking around about a buck fifty-five. I think I'd have to fight down at Brandon Moreno's weight at one twenty-five. I want no part of trying to lose thirty pounds just to get my ass kicked. Hey, Lou, really appreciate it as always. First strike on a Tuesday. We'll see you again on Friday on First Strike on Veasan. Thanks so much. Good luck, everyone. There he is, everybody. Lou Finnecaro. Follow him as I do. An entertaining follow at. Thanks for listening and watching First Strike First Look. We'll see you on Tuesday. First Strike on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.